0: As always, we are joined early in the week by Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos. And, Will, uh, the the boys got it done, but uh, another game where you're going all the way down to the wire here. Uh, What general thoughts of the day that was the victory on Saturday for the the UWF Argos over North Greenville?
1: It's one of those, Drew, where you sit there at the end of it and you kind of have to look at it and say, how, how did that happen? <laughs> how, do we, how do we end up here at the end of the game? Of course, yeah. reverse from what had happened in the previous week with Delta State coming in, and you lose that one in double OT. And this one goes right down to the wire. Only the second game-winning walk-off field goal in program history. Had a little bit of everything. Everything's really kind of a slow game for a half, and you're really sitting there looking, especially at the UWF offense, and trying to figure out what is going on, what's not clicking, what's not working, and Coaches get paid to make adjustments. The Argos made some great adjustments at half and came out and kind of retooled the offense a little bit. And, you know, good football teams have got to find a way to win games like that on those days when they're not at their best, when they're just trying to grind it out. So you'll take that one. You'll go on the road to West Georgia this week and what is a huge GSC game. And, and what a weird weekend it was across the Gulf South Conference last week. Oh, yeah. And, and just, you know, so you, you're happy. I think at some level, just to escape with the victory, if you're the Argos.
0: Yeah, and, and that the interesting part. I think you mentioned it. You know, the adjustments and the changes there early on. It seemed to be let let us take some shots here. You know, let's trust Pee Wee to get the ball out. And he there were some overthrows, there were some underthrows. What wasn't quite clicking? They had one drive. They ran. Shamari Mason looked great. Reevon Hargrove looked great. You get the ball down into the red zone. And then Pee Wee fumbles right at the one at the half yard line. It wasn't even at the yard out of the one yard line. I mean, it was inside of that, right going into the end zone. So you have that turnover. And it seemed like the run game was really getting going. And as a result, you know, there was a little bit more of an adjustment there. Shamari Mason was great again, showcasing his, his ability there. Is is there any sort of a concern you think for Byron Jarrett? And I, I don't know if there's any unsettling from Coach as in regards to maybe we should try to get Michael Rich Jr. in there a little bit, or do you think that they're fully committed to Pee Wee regardless of how he's played here over the last couple of weeks with the turnovers and all those other things?
1: I think the commitment is to to Pee Wee and to Byron. And and some of that's the play calling. I mean, obviously, you look at film, you're breaking film down during the week of your opponent, and this coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball looks and says, hey, we think we've got the speed advantage of wide receiver with David Durden, Caden Leggett. You know, Jacoby Quillen and a list of guys behind this defense. Well, that first quarter, for example, you're throwing the ball into the wind. And it was it was breezier at the beginning of that game. I wouldn't call it windy, but you'd be amazed yeah. with you know how wind and breeze can affect the football. We, we kind of saw it in the second quarter for – uh Ramirez, Dylan Ramirez, the quarterback from North Greenville. So, you know, Byron throws the ball. He's got a rocket arm, but he throws deep balls very high in the air. And those balls just mm. seem to be like almost like they're hitting a wall. And so you talk about it, A couple of those were, were underthrown. And fortunately, it was where only the receiver would have had a chance. And so you missed on those. And, and, yeah, you know, it's interesting for me even calling the game. Like, wow, we're, you know, we're doing it again. And you had a couple possessions where it was throw the ball twice you know, go, go deep on first and second down, and then all of a sudden it's third and ten, and you're having a hard time getting anything going. Right. And he really did feel, you mentioned that fumble, after driving down there, it's like, okay, here comes the momentum shift. He, we never had that snap really in his hands, and then he's trying to extend it to get over the goal line. And it felt like, oh, my gosh, here we are again, right? You know, same things we had had the Delta State where we fumbled in the red zone, and, and it just felt like, wow, this isn't going to go our way. And then the second half, I mean, North Greenville comes out, and they had a 15-play, 87-yard drive on their first possession. They put together another great drive to start the second half, and all of a sudden you look up, and you're down 13, and it's the fourth quarter. But this is where, you know, this is why I say uh, don't look for this coaching staff to move off Byron Jarrett. They changed the game plan, and it became, yeah, we're going to let our offensive line eat. We're going to hand the football off. We're dominant running the ball. We're also going to switch to a short passing game. And we saw Dave Durden catch one and run away from everybody. We saw Jacoby Quillen catch one, get a good block on the outside, take it in for an 18 yard touchdown. Pee Wee was, I mean, just incredibly efficient in the fourth quarter. I forget, like 11 for 12 or something, 130 yards and two touchdowns. If that's what, you know, that's the kind of game plan we grow into West Georgia with. You like your chances with that. Not to say they wouldn't throw it deep if they think they can get over the top. But, he, you know, he showed you he can do the other thing, too. He doesn't have to just throw the deep ball.
0: R- right, right, ex- exactly. You know, there was more of an intermediate passing game that, that you incorporate in there, and you work your way down the field. You have the running game to balance things out, and, and things look good. Well, and you mentioned the craziness of what was the, the weekend, and, and it wasn't just the UWF game. It wasn't just the Argos hanging on to get that win. I mean, Valdosta State got destroyed by Delta State 70-31. to 31. Uh, They are outside of the top 25. I don't know the last time that that's happened. But looking even further than that, West Georgia lose to Mississippi College. They fall from number five to number fifteen. And out of nowhere, UWF are the highest-ranked GSC team. Where y- you thought, I mean, what exactly is going to happen here? I mean, they, they escape a, a game against a North Greenville team that's not the greatest, but they end up high, the highest-ranked GSC team. I mean, it was absolutely nuts. And that and that wasn't even. I mean, there are other games that were crazy too. Newberry lost to Carson Newman, go from seven to nineteen. Slippery Rock loses to Indiana. PA goes from eight to twenty. I mean, there is so much movement in the D two poll.
1: Yeah, you're really seeing, I think, Drew with the, with the GSC, how tight it is. You know how how thin the margins are. Doesn't really matter where you're ranked or who your opponent is. I mean, Shorter is zero and two, and Delta's two and zero, and outside of that, everybody else is one and one, right? And Shorter got off to a pretty good start this year. They're they're they could come in and give you a game. I mean, you got to you got to be aware. I think you know the Delta State Valdosta. That's kind of like what we saw this UWF team do to Valdosta in the final game of the regular season last year. And mm. they got a new coach. You know, they do have a quarterback back. They got a lot of talent, but doesn't seem to be working. And you worry about that when you bring in a new coaching staff. And then the other game, I think West Georgia. I mean, that basically West Georgia had very similar thing happen to them. That happened to the Argos against Delta State, and that was you know their quarterback, Harrison Frost, threw two picks inside the red zone, and that game could have been a blowout. You know That game could have been West Georgia just rolling away from Mississippi College, but Mississippi College, who, by the way, folks, we have to face twice later in the season, Correct. is a tough team to play because of that triple option. You just don't practice against that. It's hard to prepare for. They ran the ball incredibly effectively, like 280 yards, had a backup quarterback in the game because their starter got hurt. And they got to the end of the game. And, you know, we we talked about this last or two weeks ago with Delta State. And I talked with Coach Shinnick about it. It's a philosophy thing. The Mississippi College coach, they score a touchdown to go down one with four seconds left. And he says, you know what? Ball's on the two-yard line. We're running it down their throat. We're going for two. We're going to win this football game on one play right here. I'm not going to OT. And it worked out for him. They pulled the upset. So, you know, you go to West Georgia this week and it's a little bit of a it's one of those. Like both both teams have a loss all of a sudden, and both teams really feel like we got to win this game to kind of keep pace with Delta and stay right here at the top of the conference.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is the end. So you brought up the whole the West Georgia game again. This is a, on the road. It's going to be a, a tough environment to go into. The the Argos have an opportunity ahead of them. Uh, what what do you think is it going to take? I mean, is it obviously? I'm sure there's more than just one thing. But if you could pinpoint keeping hold of the ball, not turning it over, making sure you have that balance in the offense or, or, I mean, being able to limit the, the offense for, for West Georgia. If there's one thing that you can pinpoint for a key to victory for the Argos, what, what would you say would be out of all the things that you know need to go well?
1: I I would think that, you know, mainly for me, it is going to be, let's start with taking care of the football. We've kind of seen it. The turnover battle can decide these close football games. And, You know, the Argos had that Pee Wee-Jarrett fumble. They had an interception that that bounced off David Durden's hands when the two teams just kind of exchanged interceptions, (laughs) you know, in the middle of of the second half. But, really, that game, you know, North Greenville probably wins that game. I'll be honest, they probably win that game if – uh, one of their players doesn't try to switch hands from his left to his right hand as he's running away from it. That was crazy. Maybe a touchdown and just lays the ball on the turf without getting hit. <laughs> and then, you know, a great play late in the football game, Anthony Johnson, Jr., the corner, gets more aggressive. You know, really kind of the, the more aggressive coverage than what we've seen all season. He jams a route. He's right there. And Dylan Ramirez basically throws the ball to him. And so those two late turnovers by North Greenville cost him. So that's what the Argos have to avoid. And it'd be nice, you know, this defense has been great at generating turnovers. If you take out the Delta State game, they've just done a great job of that so far in the other games. They need to do that. I I expect that they learned lessons last year in that loss to West Georgia here at home, that Harrison Frost is good, and he's going to take what you give him. So you you got to find a way to get some pressure on him. I think that's the other thing. The other thing I would look at, it. we know what this offense will do. I think we'll run the football effectively. I think, you know, we'll probably go with the short passing game, take what they give us. they got to find a way to get to Frost. And we we only had one sack in the game on Saturday against North Greenville. Got to find a way, whether it's just, you know, with the front three or bringing some pressure to make Frost uncomfortable. He's a good quarterback. He's experienced. Uh, He'll carve you up if you're not careful. So those two things, turnovers and find a way to get pressure on the other team's quarterback.
0: Speaking with Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos, final thing here. Uh, how important is the, the, this road stretch for UWF? Obviously, every single game is important, but you're at West Georgia. You're at Shorter. I mean, you have a chance to really open things up a little bit in the GSC if you can get two high-quality wins on the road.
1: Yeah, I think you've, you've got to at this point of the season. You've got to go on the road. you got to pick up these wins. It's a weird schedule this year where, you know, out of the first – Four games, three of them have been at home, and now it's you know out of the back half of the season, the bulk of your games are going to be, you know, away from the friendly confines there on campus at Penn Airfield. Field. So, you know, this this is huge. I mean, is every game a must win from here on out? You could probably say that. Maybe you can lose one more if it's to the right team in the right situation. Uh, you don't want to think that way. You want to think we want to win every football game. You know, we want to crank that out. And so I think you know this is a huge road trip, as you mentioned. A Couple notes, you know, the if people haven't seen it. Griffin Sarah, de- deservingly so, is the GFC special teams player of the That's week. Right. If it wasn't him, it could have been it could have been Steve Dawson, the punter, who averaged forty nine yards a kick. He now leads Division Two, leads the nation in punting average at better than forty two yards a kick. And, and boy, he puts it inside the twenty with regularity. And he pulled that ball up off the turf. The snap was basically sliding in for that field goal. Steve did an incredible job of getting that down so Griffin could put it through. So congrats to them. And to be on the lookout this week, uh, Shamari Mason is 47 yards away from Chris Schwartz's program record, rushing yards. Uh, He's also closing in on 2,000 for his career. He's one touchdown away from the other Anthony Johnson, Jr., uh, the number 32 version from from Pace High School, uh, with 20 touchdowns shows at 19, so he's got a chance to move into first place, both of those categories this week, he's just been, Shamari Mason has been phenomenal this year he had 11 carries for 153 yards, almost 14 yards a carry oh yeah, and Ravion Hargrove behind him on Saturday had 10 for 99, I mean this offensive line, uh, they're they're doing phenomenal things, and the running game is clicking, I think that's That's a good recipe when you go on the road, if you can run the football the way this Argo team does.
0: Absolutely. Again, Will, appreciate the time as always. uh, Enjoy the call. Hopefully it is a win for the Argos on Saturday, and we'll talk again next week.
1: Yes. I kick up in Georgia, and that's Eastern time, so 5 o'clock here locally on Saturday. We'll be on the radio starting at 4.30 on ESPN. That's a call with the pregame show.
0: Spectacular. Go Argos. Go Argos.